Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 57. We're covering the 2019 Waste Management Phoenix Open on the PGA Tour and the Saudi International on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Evening to you, Paul. Evening, Steve. How are you doing? Uh, I'm not too bad. I'm kind of recovered from last night. Yeah. I was yeah, so cheesed it. off last night with the golf, I threw my phone across the uh, lounge. I stormed upstairs, yeah, went to bed, and then woke up the next morning realising I'd left the TV on, the lights on, and everything on downstairs. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to go to sleep desperately. I was so so cheesed off with it all. The frustrations of golf betting, eh? Yeah, mate. Absolutely. We're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in our description box. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. The predictors this week, we've got, of course, previews, loads of tournament statistics on there. There's a whole myriad of different information, all free at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. You can follow me on Twitter at Bamford Golf. Paul is available at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've got to say the YouTube channel is flying at the moment, as is the podcast. The numbers last week mm. were huge. This podcast yes. is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and a myriad of different pod channels. It's good, Paul, isn't it? It is very good. Mm. Yeah, very encouraging. You can also listen via our Golf Betting System YouTube t- channel. Naturally, subscribe and follow the podcast. And as I say every week, please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. And naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Now, Spencer Rifles did just that last week. He left us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Loved the podcast. I'd like to hear a list of who was on the shortlist, but did not make the cut even mm. if you don't give explanations due to time constraints. Well, last week um, I had uh, Justin Rose on my shortlist and I also had Hideki Matsuama. <laughs> what about you, Paul? <laughs> don't tell me. Bryson DeChambeau. No, the, the, the last man off my list last week was Matt Wallace. So I was, I was quite pleased in a way that he didn't win in the end. But um, I... The thing with Wallace is that he putted really well at the Earth Course back in November last year yeah. on very similar greens. And yeah. um, whenever I look and kind of delve into Wallace, I always look at his greens and regulation, particularly on a you know a test like the Emirates, and think, hey, do you know what? It's just not quite good enough to to contest to contend. And then um, you know, sure enough, he's got ways and means of making a score, and he. You know he puts well. He you know he puts really well. He's um, his short game's really really strong, and um, he's the kind of player I've got. I've got to get out of the mindset of looking purely at on numbers, uh, one, yeah, one, yeah, one or two yeah. of his numbers because he's, he's, he's so he's much more that than that. Type. He isn't a numbers man, is he? He gets no. he gets the thirst for a tournament. I mean, he wasn't great with GIR last week, was he? But his putting was extraordinary, and his scramble well, was it. excellent. Mm. Yeah, this is it. Um, just a note on Barry, because I know some of the listeners will be wondering where he is. Barry has taken a uh, a three-month role in Dubai, so he's currently relocating there at the moment. And as soon as he's settled into his new role there, we'll bring him back into the podcast for future 
um, future episodes. So uh, best luck, Barry, with that new role. And yeah. um, we'll, best of luck. We'll bring you back in um, as and when. It's typical Barry, isn't it? He ends up, he ends up in Dubai the day after the Dubai Desert Classic. <laughs> I've got some more Indeed. comments here, Paul, from, uh, from our friend um, Spencer. He says, I don't want any more Jedi mind tricks from Paul. Has he nearly convinced me the week before on Siwoo Kim? <laughs> For anyone that's not ever listened, these guys are brilliant. So there you go. Thank you, Spencer. Much appreciated. Yeah, I've, I've still not quite given Siwoo myself, so uh, the, the mere thought of backing him tends to uh, send a send a shiver down my spine, and uh, I, I can't pull the trigger. But, I thought um, he, yeah, he was popular last week, but on Poana. Mm. Just don't see that. We also received an email this morning from Jason Eaton. And he says, having found the podcast around November time, I'm still loving it. Simply the best podcast in golf. Oh, thank you, Jason. With January done and five tournaments completed, we have wins for three of the big guns, Shoffley, Rose and DeChambeau. This week, we have the Saudi event with Rose, DeChambeau, Kepka, DJ and many other top players, indeed. Getting to the point, after Saudi, can you guys cover any th- early thoughts on the majors, which are not far away, based on anything we've learned in the first five weeks of 2019? Only five minutes with some early thoughts, please. I have to say, we discussed this last week, didn't, Paul, didn't we, Paul? We are going mm. to pull together a Masters, an early Masters podcast very, very soon. Hopefully in the first couple of weeks of February. But yes, uh, we, you know, we need to chat with um, Barry and see how it all works from his end now that he's over in Dubai and whatever. But yes, a dedicated Masters podcast covering a lot of the uh, you know, anti-Po side of things. We're going to pull that together as soon as we can in the next few weeks. So a great idea. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we've seen a, a few of the Masters protagonists kind of raising their raising the head already haven't we already, you know the yeah. shambo was popular for for the masters from the back end of last year and uh, you know last week they've done nothing whatsoever to put people off backing backing bryson nice and early he's a beast um, yeah absolutely um lefty's been showing a bit of form and you know we all know about his uh, his history around um, around augusta national as well and adam scott last week you know is another another former masters winner isn't he who's um He's popped up with a bit of form, and um, you know we touched on Scott last week, and uh, you know we said if he followed his 2016 form, which was um, you know a poor performance in at the Sony, um, followed by a second and then two consecutive wins, you know Scott's a player that I think we need to keep an eye on um, over the next few weeks. And again, you know I think I, I had a quick look at Scott's odds for the. Uh, for the Masters earlier, and he was around about the fifty to one mark. He wins another event, or he wins an event between now and uh, April. You know that price is going to plummet significantly. So um, these players, these players who you know play well around Augusta, you know, we'll touch on it as Steve said. We'll we'll do a uh, we'll, we'll do an, an, an intensive and uh, uh, a full job on the, uh, the the Masters in terms of a in terms of a pre-event anti-post preview. Um, and uh, you know these players that prop up time and time again are the ones that um, you know seem to the names are already starting to percolate towards he, the top of some of these leaderboards. S- Scott was seventy sixth in the world 
after the WGC Bridgestone, and now mm. he's up to 30. So there's definitely been a re, you know revitalisation. He was third at the PGA, wasn't he? Fifth in uh, yep. fifth at Northern Trust, and then like you said, tenth at uh, Nine Bridges, and then second last week. You were on board at 100 to one. Congratulations for that. Um, yeah, he couldn't quite you, do you, it, could he? No, nah, you lumped in your 25. You're 25 to 1 on um, Ian Poulter for each way, wasn't it? Was it 25? Uh, 30, 35, yeah. 35, 35, sorry. So you got yeah. four each way on that. So you had a great, a decent week. Um, yes, Scott was superb. I actually backed him yesterday at 9 to 1 on the exchange on the basis mm. that, you know, the north, north course, south course side of things. He was on the right side of the draw. No one had led since Tiger Woods going way back and then converted on the Sunday. But you, that's what you've got to say about Justin Rose. He's just turned into a top quality operator, isn't he? And that mm. was with Gareth Lord. It wasn't even with Fooch. It was with a, you know, he's yeah. clearly a caddy he knows very well, but it's a new caddy. And, you know, he's got the new Honma um, clubs. It just nothing yeah. seems to be holding him back. It looks like Rose is starting to establish himself as that number one that's going to be, he's going to be there for a, a while at least. You know, it's not going to be this situation where it keeps swapping every week like it was. Well, no, you get, you get a big win on the board like that. It does, uh, it opens up a little bit of daylight, doesn't it? So, mm. um, but yeah, he, clear, he clearly believes that he's in the, you know, he, he's entitled to be and he should be in that position now. As you say, he's got his new sticks and that kind of put a lot of people, it put me off as well, I think. I, I wanted to see how he kind of bedded in and, uh, and got used to it before he, uh, you know, before, Diving in and backing him, but um, he was very assured with it. Very tenth, assured indeed. Tenth PGA Tour victory that puts him level with Sergio Garcia, um, and also that was his first victory on Poana Greens, and that was the real reason. I just think this is the point, isn't it? And this is the scenario I think we're going to find ourselves in a lot this this uh, season. I made a note here. All of these guys ended up in the each way places. Rose fourteen to one, Ram eleven to one, Day sixteen to one, McElroy sixteen to one. Mm. So if you're backing, you know, if you're backing them with some bookmakers, you were getting a part place on McElroy. If you were yeah. taking up the eight places, you were unlikely to get those prices anyway. Mm. Um, and they're they're still taking fifty percent of the each way places. The other two, of course, were Matsuama, who's fifty five to one at Bet three six five, but that was only five places each way. And Adam Scott, who, as you were fully aware of, was one hundred to one with Unibet. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? You know, what do you do? Mm. It's it, 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 golf betting's evolving. So if we're going to have a scenario where short prices tend to be winning a lot of these big tournaments where the, where the big guys... I mean, we've got Riviera, Riviera next week. And that is... Uh, oh, no, it's not next week. It's the week after we've got Pebble That's Beach. That's right, you've got uh, Pebble, Pebble Beach. Beach next week. But Riviera, again, is going to be loaded. It's, it's a major, mm. effectively. Everyone's going to be playing there. Woods, yeah. McElroy, the whole, you know, the whole shooting match. DJ's going to be there. It's and as you say, you hectic, expect... It's a hectic market. Yeah, as you say, expect some of these big names, these short price players, to be taking up um, a number of the each way spots. So, you know, you, you're sometimes fighting over the scraps. But then the scraps, are, if you can, if you can dig one out, and you know, I thought Scott was a cracking price last week. Mm. Um, then uh, you know you can make your money back that way. But um, yeah, just got to be able to un- unearth these diamonds every now and again. I ended up with Gary Woodland ninth, Tony Finau thirteenth, never again. And Ryan Palmer thirteenth, and the one mm. that made the one that was taken off my shortlist, as you well know, Paul, was 
Cameron Smith. And where did Cameron yeah. Smith finish? He finished 13th. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you want near misses, keep reading my tips. <laughs> it's, uh, I've got a good feeling about this week, though, Paul. As you well know, I've gone absolutely good, yeah. deep on this one. <laughs> I've, gone, I've gone completely Weatherspoon's betting crazy. Right, let's start, shall we, with the Waste Phoenix Management Open, I think. Um, It's a strong tournament. I wouldn't say it's as strong as last year when you look at the field. The field looks a little bit weaker this year. And with so many quality events up front and with a restricted, tightened schedule now, people are having to move around. Of course, a lot of big Americans would have been playing this, but they've actually received a few dollars to go over to Saudi Arabia this week. So that's that's not helped. are you interested in Patrick Reed this week? Just out of interest. Personally, no, I don't think don't like so. Um, I'm, yeah, we'll cover it in a second. But yeah, I tend with with new events, new tracks, um, you know, a lot of unknowns. I tend to dig a little bit deeper down and, and keep my staking plan relatively tight. So, but um, that's if I can decide what the staking plan is going to be this week because we're quite early in the process. But uh, but yeah, we'll cover that in a sec. Phoenix, we've got Ram. He's a Scottsdale resident. This is played in Scottsdale, Arizona. We've got Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuama. We've got Gary Woodland, the defending champion. Xander Sheffle. Webb Simpson, who's uh, been in a... Uh, I think he's finished second here in the past, or playoff. Ricky Fowler, who flatters to deceive him all years. I was on him last year when he led going into the last round. But yes, finished 11th. You guessed that anyway. Uh, Tony Finau t- uh, is in there as well. Phil Mickelson, who I think is overpriced. I thought I, I thought we'd see a shorter price on Mickelson, um, mm. but um, he would interest me very much if I was a um, if I was a, a Mac Mickelson fan this week. I think there'll be a lot of interest in Phil Mickelson, who's got a great record here. There's yeah, also Kuchar, Cam Smith, Adam Handwin, Billy Horschel, Bubba Watson, who used to play well around here, but doesn't like this redesigned track as much. Ches Reeve, who made the playoff last year. Cameron Champ. There's a, it's a good field. Noren, Schnedeker, Berger, Benny Ann, Tyrrell Hatton. It goes on. So there's some depth there. The golf course itself, it's, I classify it really as a cathedral of ball striking. And that is absolutely clear from a couple of stats I'll run through in a minute. But uh, effectively, it's a 7,000... Uh, uh, 7,266-yard par 71, but it's at altitude. So we can wipe 7, 8, 9% off of those distances. As we know, quite a few players do not like altitude yeah. golf. Can't do the maths. Can't do the maths. The course itself has got um, fairly wide fairways. Clearly, it's a desert golf course, so you get plenty of cacti and you get, you know, stones and rocks around the place. And it was famous. I think it was famous here when uh, was it Tiger Woods moved the rock and or, or sixty fans moved it for him. Mm. Um, yeah, remember that. The actual greens themselves, they are, um, we're looking at large greens, 7,100 square feet. So GIR is critical, but they're di- Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, but they are overseeded with velvet bent grass and Poa Trivialis. So I always think they play a little bit more like bent grass than they do Bermuda grass, but that's up for debate. I don't hear many people talking about the grain, put it that way, when, when we read about player comments and whatever. 
Stim tends to be 12 and a half. This, can, this course can play extremely firm and fast, but it's always kind of scorable. I think the base for, for ball strikers, that is. I think if you're hitting lots of greens, 15 to 17 under is the target score. Um, and of course, it's Super Bowl week, and of course, we have the 16th hole here, uh, which mm. is absolute uh, it's always Armageddon, good fun, is it? We've always said when we win the lottery, Paul, we're going to go to this event, aren't we? We're not going to <laughs> take we're not going to take the wives or the children, just you and me. We're going to have a romantic weekend away at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I just spend four days by the bar on the sixteenth. Yeah, I can, I can see well, do that. I do I read right that you've got to be there like six a.m. in the morning to get in the place? I in, think in the, yeah, it's, it's madness, isn't it? It's uh, very competitive getting into that sixteenth. Uh, uh, stand, yeah, absolutely. I love the tournament. You get five hundred and fifty to six hundred thousand fans. It's like mm. nothing else, really. It's really, really good viewing, and you tend to get some really close finishes here. So Gary Woodland won this last year at eighteen under. Hideki Matsuyama won it at fourteen under in sixteen. He uh, he also won it at seventeen under in twenty seventeen. Uh, then we've got Brooks Kepka won it in f- at minus 15. And Kevin Stadler, baby walrus, won this at 16 under in 2014. There was a year where Phil, Mik- Phil Mickelson shot 23 under, but it was soft as soft can be that particular year. Mm. The year that kind of piques my interest is Brooks Kepka's year, 15 under, because, again, it was a wet golf course. It actually rained during Friday as well. And it was particularly cold. And looking at the forecast, we could be seeing temperatures 21, 22 degrees in the afternoon, uh, Thursday and Friday. But it could be sub-20 degrees the whole day across the weekend. Mm. And there's forecast for potentially rain over Thursday night into Friday and also rain Saturday night into Sunday. Now, American forecast, uh, 65 to 70% chance might not happen, might happen. We don't know. If that does, this golf course is going to be soft and the air temperature is going to be very, very cold. And then that golf course starts to play very, very long. Mm. And I'm, I'm always of the belief, I don't know about you, I always look for players who are a bit of, um, bit of moolah here as well. Yeah, I think because there's a lot of emphasis on the scoring on the three par fives yeah. um, I think you've got you've got to be able to take those par fives on you've got to be able to score on those um, and also the, um, the 17th Drive, isn't it drivable the, the 17th yeah you've also um, got a number of holes Paul that are around about the 400 yard mark so if you've got a Cameron Champ that's banging it 350 he's yeah. literally got a, he's literally got a chip into the green mm. So you can make a lot of these holes, especially on the front nine, very, very short. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know a, a good total driver, a good a player who can put it into play and is going to hit it a long way, um, can be the can be the way to to get around this track. Um, and as I say, if you're scoring well on the par fives as well, it's another angle to look into it. I think, even though there's only three, I think if you you can get kind of 10, 12 under for those over the course of the week. Um, or close to that kind of number, then you're going to be going to be in the mix. Tournament skill averages. So since the redesign in 2015, we've got we've had four renewals. Uh, so if I take the average of the winners around here, uh, 17th for driving distance. So yeah, long. Driving accuracy 30th. Can't be too 
totally flag, you know, flagrant off the tee, but you know, you can have you can have some flexibility. Greens in regulation, third. <laughs> Proximity to hole, fifth. Scrambling fourteenth. Putting average, very rare you get this, twentieth. Mm. And if you take that from a strokes gained off the tee perspective, you know the new way that we look at things. Strokes gained off the tee, tenth. As you said, total driving. Strokes gained approach, second. Strokes gained around the green, 23rd. Strokes gained tee to green, first. Yeah? All three winners here have topped strokes gained tee to green the week they've won. Yeah. And when you've got uh, the names, you know, the well, likes yeah. of Hidaki Matsuyama up there. Gary Woodman. You, you know, exactly. It's, it, it all ties in very nicely, doesn't it? Strokes gained putting, 31st. That's a very, very... It just totally, It's ball-striking heaven, isn't it? It's like... Mm. In um in in the MotoGP or bike racing, they call there's a go there's a course at Assen where they do the Dutch TT and they call it the Cathedral of Speed. Well, for me, this is the Cathedral of Ball Striking, TPC Scottsdale. We just need players that can hit it long, hit it fairly straight, and can hit tons and tons of greens. So, who do you fancy? Who are you well, into this week? I know, you, the, I know the you first, haven't had much time looking at it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the name that jumped in, into my mind you know, originally was Cameron Champ. Um, and I know, I'll, I'll leave it to you because I know that you fancy Champ as well. But, um, you know, when you're talking about a player who can hit the ball um, relatively straight for the for the distance that he hits the ball um, and, you know, is, you know, it can make the, make the putts on the, uh, on the dance floor as well. He's, um, you know... We know how much you know talent there is there. Um, I think there's a little bit of sixty-six to one around when the bookies first came up. You know that's that was a mad price. I thought, even though he's missed, you know, missed the cut. Um, you know, he's not he's not really uh, done as well as you might expect over the last couple of events. But, yeah, but, what, uh, yeah. but this this what I have tipped him. You know that. Um, but this is what I put in my commentary. We were expecting far too much for him. And when you've seen him going off at 20, you know, 30 to 1, 33 to 1 at the Tournament of Champions against a loaded mm. field, you just think, that's ridiculous. But for me, Champ, he, he's gonna, he should thrive here. He really should. I think you're absolutely spot on. There's a little yeah. bit of 66 is still there, if you prefer to say six. Points. Yeah, exactly. You, you and I will have to have a discussion whether we go for the 66s or take the hit on the 50s. Because I know what will happen. I'll tip him up. Six face each way, I'll finish seventh. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, I think champ's good. I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, I'll go in reverse order quickly. Mm. One player who I love here, um, it, there were, he was priced up, first of all, with William Hill at 125 to 1, and my eyes lit up. I was like, oh, my Lord, how can his price have gone up year or actually week on week? Uh, last week... At Torrey Pines, he shot 60, uh, 67 in round one. He then shot 67 in round two. So he went out in the final group on Saturday with Justin Rose and Hideki Matsuama. He suffered with um, a bit of brown trousers, I think, on the Saturday afternoon. Took himself completely out of the tournament running. And then he shot a 68, which was, again... Uh, four under 68, best uh, ninth best joint in field without say with Adam mm. Scott in round four. Clearly, I was on board. Step forward, Ryan Palmer. Um, and the thing with Palmer is, if you want a player that can hit the ball a long way, is a streaky scorer, 
plays very, very well in soft conditions. If it does rain and absolutely thrives at this golf course, I think he's a decent 80 to 1 shot. Yeah. yeah. As you say, apart from that one round last week, he played some lovely golf, didn't he? Exceptional, yeah. He's finished here 2006 second, 14th 2010, 5th in 2013, second around this new design in 2015. And as I said at the top, that was the year when it was cold, soft, and the ball was barely moving. He's very, very aggressive mm. when it comes to going for going for the green. I think he's in good nick. And if you think about it, uh, third at nine bridges, There's a, I think there's a big link between that Korean tournament, nine bridges, and here. Because if you think about it, Gary Woodland finished second at Jeju Island, nine bridges, this year. Yep. And Hideki Mats, uh, and sorry, and Brooks Kepka, who won here in 15, won there uh, the year before last. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. So I like that. Palmer was third there. He clearly, as you said, seventh at TPC Summerlin last time we were, he, um, or when he played in the desert there in uh, late autumn. And he just played very nicely last week. I think Palmer's the sort that could go very, very well at 80-1. to one. Whether he wins or not, doubtful. But I think he can certainly fill an each-way place. And mm. the each-way places aren't going to be quite as elite golfer-led because the field's weaker this week. Yeah. Cameron Champ, I just, I'm all over Champ. Um, I think this course is going to suit him down to the, down to yeah. the ground. And... In my mind, Erin Hills is another course that jumps out at me here. Remember the 2017 US Open? Brooks Kepka yep. won it. Hideki Matsuama was second. Justin Thomas shot a US Open low score in round three and went out in the final group as well. Um, there's a lot of names on that leaderboard that have done well here at Phoenix. Again, another long golf course where it was a bit of ball striking heaven. Yep. Cameron Champ played in that 2017 US Open at the Erin Hills and he was 8th after 36 holes as an amateur mm. his web.com season last year might also offer up some clues the winner of the Utah Championship at Oak Ridge Country Club clearly we're in Arizona this week um, he won the Utah Championship uh, last year which was 4,000 square feet or 4,000 feet, rather, above sea level, and it was a par 71. He also finished top seven at the Wichita Open. And the Wichita Opens, I've had a little dig into the Wichita Open. Uh, players that have done that well there in the past. I'm talking, when I say well, either won it or top four. Charlie yep. Hoffman, he was second here in 09. Matt Kuchar, three top tens here. Scott Piercy, third here in 2013, plus an additional two top tens. Matthew Goggin, of all people, the Australian. He finished fourth here in 2010. JJ Spawn, fourth here on debut in 2017. And Ollie Schneiderjans. We remember him last year, Schneiderjans. He only finished a shot shy of Gary Woodland. Now, Schneiderjans has finished fifth and first at the Wichita Open. So there you go. Yep. Seems like a solid, solid enough link, doesn't it? He hits it relatively straight, doesn't he, Champ? Just for the sheer, he does, yeah, physical yeah. velocity and distance that he gets. Yeah, yeah. You combine those two, you know, some of these longer players are just horribly wonky, aren't they? Off the tee, and he's he's not that. He's, uh, you know, when he's playing well, he's he's long, well, very long, and uh, and straight enough, and you know, that's the, a total driving recipe for 
for success around somewhere like uh, somewhere like this. Bryson DeChambeau was top five here last year, and he was a hundred and fifty to one. How things have changed in twelve months, though. <laughs> but that does tell show you the kind of player we're after. Again, Bryson arrow straight when he's on form, long as you like. Great ball striker, GIR monster. So yeah, I, I like Champ and Palmer. And then at the top of the market, I'm, I'm I, I don't apologise really. I I just desperately want to win. <laughs> I haven't had a win for so long now, and I've been to, you know in bed last night dreaming about this. You know, from this from from depression, I then started dreaming about what was going to happen in Phoenix, and I had this player in my mind for this last year. Tipped him up. Um, his statistics are absolutely perfect for here. I mentioned the link that we've got to um, Jeju Island. We've got a link to Erin Hills. Uh, we've also got a link in my mind to Kapalua. You think about it. Gary Woodland lost there to Chauflay, um a couple of weeks ago. He was second. Yeah. Matsuama's finished second and third there. Brooks Kepka's finished third there. Um, I just... Price isn't brilliant, but it's better than it was over the last few uh, outings. I've gone four points to win, 10 to 1 with Justin Thomas, who I think has got enough game. I also think right now, he, he must he's so competitive, Justin Thomas. He must be getting to the stage where he's getting very frustrated that he hasn't won for what, for him, is a pretty long period of time. The last win was for him was uh, Bridgestone Invitational, was it? He had that yeah. emo emotional win there back in August. Tenth for total driving so far this season. Fifteenth for going for the green. Seventh for Gene GIR, and he's also fourth for ball striking. Not a lot, not to like really. Sixteenth at the Sony. Third at Kapalua. I think on this kind of test where birdies are going to be the real premium, I think there's something in there about players that have got had a top three or four in their in a last two or three tournaments at a, at a resort venue. Well, that ticks that box. I just think. Mm. I think Thomas, last year he didn't play this with Jimmy Johnson, his caddy. Johnson was ill at, the, at that point. Um, I think this year he's, he's going to be really gunning for it. I'd, personally, I would take um, Thomas this week over Rahm. Who, he starts to cut a frustrated figure, John Rahm, doesn't he, watching him last night? Yeah, if you're backing him at the prices on offer, it's... He has to win, doesn't he? I mean, I'm not suggesting Justin win. Thomas does, but John Rahm, yeah, he, he's won a lot of times around the world, but only on the Europe, uh, PGA Tour twice. Yeah, it's just, it, it's priced so prohibitively. You know, what you're getting at the moment, six to one with somebody, you know, a little bit of 15 to two with the odd book here and there, but that's that's it. It's, you know, it's all your eggs in one basket type time this uh, for me i think this will probably suit him a little bit better a little bit freer scoring and um, i always do worry a little bit when the, te the the test is a bit tougher with ron that he's uh you know he, he doesn't yeah. quite have the he's not uh, us open mentality. material is he no not yet right I'm, I'm sure now long, longer term Still very, yeah. yeah i know longevity in one but yeah i it wouldn't wouldn't be for me at the top of the market i must say he's got yeah of course he can win it but um it's a skinny old price I've also gone two and a half points each way. I'm going for a two-pronged attack. I've taken two of the top three. I just we're in a world when Gary Woodland is fourteen to one. Yeah, the yeah. same price as Hideki Matsuama. I just, I just have to take that. I He's was hoping for a little bit better. 
you and I were just chuckling. Bet365 opened up at 18-1 to 1 on Hideki Matsuama. It lasted 13 minutes. They cut it to 16s. <laughs> that lasted three minutes. They cut it to 14s. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, where most of the bookies are settled now at 14s. But you know, he, he, he did. He was a real eye-catcher last week, wasn't he? His irons looked spot on, didn't His they? last Absolutely night, he was on. playing some beautiful stuff, wasn't he? Mm. The two shots that got me, well, there were a couple. Uh, it was actually the, the 88 uh, feet chip out of the bunker on 16 that went to about seven inches. Yeah, yeah. And when he's doing stuff like that, you think, my God, this man is a hell of a player when he's confident. Mm. And that approach on 18, I think he's banged it 253 yards to 17 feet. And that is that is that is Hideki Matsuama, and also that is exactly what you need at TPC Scottsdale. Yeah, it's that aggressive nature on the par fives because yeah. eagles yeah. are available. Yeah, make make a few putts and uh, away you go. Yeah. So for me, Thomas Matsuama, I've also la- lumped in on Cameron Champ. Can't tell you definitive um, odds yet because we're recording this before we actually publish. Uh, we're recording this just about five o'clock over here in the UK, Monday, early evening. And I've also gone 80 to 1 on Ryan Palmer. Mm. Any more for you, or do you want to move on to sound? Yeah, no, I, I, have, I have backed one other player, and one other player, and that was uh, Sung Kang, who's yeah, yeah. caught my eye a couple of times this season. So, yeah. He's popping um, up, pop, up yeah. on Kang. Is um, 150 to one. I got him with seven places. You can get 175 with five each way, but um, I took a slightly shorter price to get these seven each way. But yeah, 20th last week at Tory Pines. Um, he's 66 in round three. Was almost best of the day. Was just a shot behind Adam Scott, who was mm. shooting the lights out on the Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but that's a big personal best for Sun Kang. Um, he's finished 12th here at Scottsdale in 2017. And he was third at the halfway point there. He shot a 74, but then closed with a 66 to finish in, in 12th spot. So um, he's got a little bit of course form there as well. Tenth at the Sony. And his weekend there is what really caught my eye, actually, because that was a 65-64 weekend. So he's playing some good golf. Playing some very good golf. These Miscut greens last are, year. They're strange greens. They're overseeded, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they are quite similar in their stature and their nature to two other golf courses in America. One being TPC San Antonio, where they play the Valero Texas Open. And the yeah. other one is the Golf Club of Houston. And mm. Kang has a top three there. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, it's one of, uh, that may well be his best... Finish on the PGA o- Tour. O- yeah, 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 his best OWGR reaping results on, the, mm. on his career, actually. So, yeah, he's, uh, there's quite a few things to like. I mean, he missed the cut last year, but he was coming in in pretty poor form, and he's much, much better at the moment. Yeah. And, and the other thing that's caught my yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Scott yeah. again last week. We keep talking about this stuff. Hmm. Um, oh, and and was... Tong Lee again, of course, over in Dubai. Yeah, we can talk about him in a second. Um, 12 under for the par fives last week as well. And again, we said, you know, you're going to have to birdie or eagle quite a lot of the par fives here this mm. week. So someone who's feeling comfortable and confident on the fives right now um i think uh, i think it'd go well so i you know I, I don't expect him to win it but um could he sneak into one of those each way places at yep. 150s yeah I, I think he's got a 
think he's got a better chance than 150 to one. So if he drives well this week, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll give us a run for our money. I think. Never follow, never follow a Korean after they've had a top 10 finish. Yeah, that's that's a decent mantra, isn't it? And Kang hasn't, <laughs> but he's definitely under the radar playing some really nice golf, mm. Kang. Keeps just popping up, doesn't he, on the on the daily scoring stats? That yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's looking uh, looking good. I think. Right, looking I know you've good. got a bit of a poison chalice this week with Saudi. Um, I know that you want to keep it quite brief for obvious reasons. We don't know the course. We don't know. We, to be fair, we don't know anything about the country, do we? Really, but um, you crack on and give us your thoughts on Saudi before we uh, before we finish the pod this week. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? So. Um, as you said, it's a new event, Saudi International, new course, never been played before, opened in 2017. Um, so, I mean, my overarching advice is to, to tread carefully with this. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't go mad with your staking plan because there's a lot of unknowns out there um, this week. But, I mean, what do we know? Um, it's a, a 7,010-yard par 70. It's a, a short track. Um, opened in 2017 by Dave Sampson, was the designer, part of the EGD European Golf Design uh, team. Um, they've tinkered with a few of the holes, so the 9th and the 13th here are par 5, so the members, but they made them par 4. So this makes it's, it's actually a par 72, but clearly they've made it a par 70 for the for the European Tour pros this week, but, uh, but not a long track by any stretch. Um, Built around four lakes, some of the some of the holes play towards the Red Sea. This is um, in Saudi Arabia. It's 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 on the on the coastline there of the of the Red Sea. So you are quite a you know a, a coastal type of track. Um, clearly made uh, or built in the in the desert kind of conditions. So they've used the desert topography to uh, uh, to kind of shape the track, but. Um, it's uh, it's been built along the coastline there, so some of the holes do play towards the Red Sea. Some of them play alongside it actually, so okay. it's going to be aesthetically quite nice, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the features that they talk about are these wa- waddies, wadies, wadies, W A D I. Let's call it a waddy, shall we? Um, they're drainage drainage ditches which are um, all around the track, so. I think you'll find these will be one of the aspects that players will be trying to kind of navigate around. So the idea, I think, is this it brings into into play a bit of strategy because if you stick a professional golfer on a 7,000-yard par 70 um, that's protected by the wind only, and like this week, there's not going to be a massive amount of wind. It's going to be kind of 10, 15 miles an hour. So it's not going to be not going to be howling. It's not going to really hamper the, the play you know clearly the, the players are going to need some kind of uh, it's, it's something to try and keep the scoring down something to protect the track and um, I suspect these drainage ditches will be one of the aspects that are there there is a bit of water around and as I say it's built around four four lakes but uh, it doesn't look particularly tight it doesn't look um, particularly challenging I expect it's going to be pretty low scoring really um, dog leg holes there's a few of those um you know, but again, I, I can't imagine it's gonna it's gonna really cause a great deal of uh, challenge to these uh, these top guys. Uh, I mean, if you're trying to pick some of the aspects out of the track that you can grab onto to try and give you an idea, you know, what kind of player that you should be heading towards, then um, they use a Royal Dynasty Pasquillum throughout the track, so okay. on all aspects of the grass, all the way up to the greens. 
Um, it is a short track, so you can look for players who do perform well on short courses. And some, you know, some do. Some feel far more comfortable on short tracks than others. Uh, it's coastal, as I say. So, you know, whilst I wouldn't, you know, you, 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 trying to um, associate it with players who play well by the coast or players, um, you know, have played well in linksy conditions in the past. There may be some correlation there. It's, it's not a links track, so don't don't fall down that that trap. But um, clearly, the coastal aspects and um, you know on onshore breezes etc can be something that's uh, that can correlate between those kind of results i think it will be a, a, there'll be an element of strategy there because you're gonna have to try and avoid these these wadies um you're gonna have I think to they're waddies but i'm, waddies. I'm guessing as well <laughs> i think they're waddies mate let's call them a waddy yes. what wadey in the waddy <laughs> yeah i should have left that out completely wadey um, in the waddy I, I think you do. Uh, yes, you're gonna need to. You're gonna need to to avoid um, avoid these ditches as much as you can. Um, but yeah, I think the, the other aspect you can really grab onto is these passable and greens. And you don't get a ma- massive amount of passable and greens around on the European Tour. Um, mm. They've used them um, anywhere you can uh, remember. Yeah, Didn't they play Turkey on passable for a while. The, that, the ones I've the, got was that the Montgomery Max. I, not that I've got listed here. I have to go back and double check that. But um, Malaysia, where they've played Kuala Lumpur before, yeah. Yeah. I know that was um, they've, they've they've relayed that recently. Yeah, but the old, the now, old, but yeah, it was past. Yeah, the older events were on past for them. Um, Mauritius, Oman last year, um, a few of the South African events as well over the years. The, the Nelson Mandela back in the day, uh, Dowie van der Volt won that one, I think. Africa Open was another one that had uh, Passable and Greens. So there's a few um, events, Mauritius a few Open? Yeah, Mauritius, yeah, yeah, mentioned that one. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, a, there's a few of them that you can dig into. That, and if you, if you look through the results of those um, events, then a few names do kind of crop up. And if you can combine that with some of the players who play well on these shorter coastal tracks, then um, you know you can start to get to, to a, a smaller list of players who could go well here because if yeah if you if you look at the top of the market again similar to yours there's some players there who, you know it's it, it, clearly the the, the saudi uh, the guys have around arranged this have thrown some serious money in terms of appearance fees at the likes of justin rose and, and bryson de both you know, both of those guys won last week 13 to 2 you get about and the, the joint favorites at the moment so dustin johnson Brooks yeah Kepler. dj Brooks Kepka, two they were former just, they were just passing ones. by the area and they thought they'd nip in. <laughs> so, uh, Sergio Garcia, there's a surprise. Sergio turning up for an appearance fee. Sergio's there at 14s. Yeah. And the Masters yes, got... champion, Patrick Reed. Can we just say something before we forget? Yeah. We're, in, we're in real uh, situation where we could have an American race to Dubai winner this year, couldn't we? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I would say Patrick Reed was second last year, wasn't he? If you take away Francesco Molinari's uh, Open Championship win, you know Reed would have been the um, he'd have been the race of the Dubai champion for yeah. what a very limited number of uh, starts. Hey, yeah. To be fair to Patrick Reed, he does support the European he Tour does, yeah. a little bit more than some of the other players. DeChambeau's so. a member as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That must, that's yes. well worth remembering. So his his win last week counted, and yeah, if, if Bryson wins a major this year, which yeah. you know he's, he's well fancied for the Masters and. Mm. No, stranger things have happened, haven't they? Mm. You know, he, he could be walking away with the race to Dubai championship as well. Yep, interesting. Quite possible. Quite possible. Sorry, I you we say, just yeah. put that in there. 
No, as you say, the top of the market's loaded because you know, you know, even though there's a was the three and a half million dollar prize fund for this event. I mean, I don't know what the appearance fees will have amounted to for for those six names alone, but um, you'd you'd imagine it, it's eclipsed the prize fund by some considerable mm. margin. Some considerable margin. So, who are you interested in then? Yeah, I, I we're talking shortlist. So, I'll, I'll go through some of the players on the shortlist because um, mm. yeah, clearly there's been some feedback around it. I, we, we talked about um, Poulter last week in Poulter. I, I'm not going to back Poulter. Um, I haven't backed him so far, and I'm not going to. Even though he's been playing some progressive, nice golf. This is his fifth week of five on the trot. Um, he's off skiing next week with his family. I just get the feeling that he, he may well feel that he's kind of job done and uh, you know he's played some good golf, he's taken some decent checks, he's feeling comfortable with his game um, and he's, uh, he's going to be looking forward to his downtime and, uh, and you know, he'll, be, he'll be shooting off as soon as his, uh, his second or his fourth round is complete here this week. Um, Lee Westwood's another one who keeps catching the eyes. Clearly playing with a bit of freedom now, isn't he? He's not he's not worried about how he performs. No. Um, no. You know he's got his he's got his misses on the bag, and yeah. they seem you know they, they seem have very. Fun, yeah, he's, he's he's just enjoying his golf, isn't he? Mm. Um, slightly longer prices. Uh, Victor Perez is another one who um, has been playing some nice golf at the back end of last year. Uh, Roman Langask um, is another one, round about the hundred to one mark. Who's uh, finished uh, second behind Louis, didn't he, at the South African Open before Christmas? Played some, played some decent golf again last week. So it's one that's right at the top end of the shortlist, I think. Um, George Coetzee is he ticks a lot of boxes. I, I, I think I've vowed never to ever back George Coetzee before, but he's sitting there. He's, Barry he's, will be turning. He's, he's sitting in uh, he's sitting in green in the spreadsheet that I'm staring at right now, which is quite uh, quite concerning. But he uh, he did show some flashes of form last week, and you're getting around about 150 to one for Coates. He's one of these players. He's won on Passbloom. He may have won on Passbloom twice actually. If I dig into it, prefers the shorter tracks. Um, has showed a little bit of form as well. I, I, I need to I need to make a decision on him, but I suspect the decision will be no because I. I'll go back to my principles. It will be uh, be not to back him, but uh, uh, Song Kielton, um He changed his uh, he changed his clubs. He's always been playing some new irons for this year, and he's shown a nice little bit of form as well. So, yeah, David Horsey, another one caught the eye. Um, oh, again, he always Horsey's catches another... your eye, doesn't he? You love yeah, David Horsey. Yeah, not my Ryan yeah. Palmer. He finished eleventh at uh, in in Abu Dhabi, which um, Abu Dhabi's too long for David Horsey. Oh, yeah. So when he's when he's doing well at that kind of track, he's um, he's he's one to know. Um, at the top end, I I need to find a reason not to back Matt Wallace, and I think I probably will back Matt Wallace because um, this track he's he's coming to a track. You know, it's easy to forget that he's still relatively inexperienced. So he's inexperienced on the European tour. He's coming to a lot of events and a lot of tracks where people have got a wealth of experience over him. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's contending and competing. You know, it's only Bryson DeChambeau who beat him last week. It's uh, the Dubai Desert Classic, you know, and, uh, 
you know, that's, that's, that's a quality performance. 16th, you know, shaking the rust off at, um, at Abu Dhabi the week before. There's, there's some good golf being played there. He's putting really, really well. Um, and I think, you know, that kind of result last week could be the kind of thing that could spur Matt on to, uh, to get that 11th win um, in 83 starts, I think it would be. It's, you know, that's a com- massive conversion rate. Um, I'm going to sleep on it with Matt and just try and uh, rationalise my mind. Just, but, just um, my view. You look, you look a lot of those European tour names, and if a couple of those big names are going to be right in the mix, and come on, there's got to be. When, you, when you've got these six boys at the top of the betting, Rose, DeChambeau, DJ, Kepka, Garcia, Reed, you're not yeah. telling me that at least two or two of them aren't going to be right at the top come Sunday. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I you look a lot of those can... European tour boys, they're going to crumble. Yeah. Do you know what? I think Matt Wallace is the sort. He's so competitive and he just knows he's going to be such a good player. He'll see it as a mm. challenge. Yeah. He'll actually rise to it. Doesn't mean he it, wins, it, but certainly no. means he's no, no. up there. I'll I, get I think, you on I, that. I'll get you that. I think if there's a player who would feel comfortable enough and uh, inspired In enough to take, yeah, 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 to take on these these one of these top six guys, if it's you know if it's, you're down the stretch and it's uh, mm. you know it's nip and tuck, I think Matt's the kind of player who you know, you find that extra gear. You know the, the the gear that we saw at the back end of last year was it Denmark? I think it was where he you know just started rattling birdie after birdie off, didn't he? To come from nowhere to to eventually win that. Uh, mm. That event, um, and I don't think he's, he's not putting as much pressure on himself as he was. He's you know he's in the inside the top uh, top fifty of the OWG. I think he's up to thirty sixth or something now. He's, it's his career yeah. best right now. He's got some big decisions to make. He's going to have to spend a lot of time out in the states, isn't he? That's yeah. fact. Yeah. He'd be silly. Not and to. so he should. And so yeah. he should. He's got he's got the ability yeah. and the capability to do that. So, um, and I don't think it, he's not going to be hampered by the fact that it's you know it's, it's everyone's first look at this track this no. week. So. Did you notice um, Willett thought... playing a lot better last week? He, he's mm. going to pop up somewhere like PGA National, Honda Classic, something like that. Yeah, something yeah. tough, something gnarly, bit you know, Copperhead, somewhere like that. Mm. Remind me, will you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just scribble it on your post. It's, it's, ha- it's going to happen, mate. Um, and you could you you could see Wallace going out to the states and actually doing quite well out there. Yeah, and I don't think his his, his game's perfect. He's, he's long and. Aggressive and he can putt very As long very well. as his management team pick the right tournaments, you got it. Yeah, yeah. There's no and need that to go. Isn't there. always just, the just, case, as we know. No, no. There's no need to go and then just play. You know, every event you can get hold of, play the ones that you're going to play well on. And yeah, he should. It. There's a lot that should suit his game. Yeah. Um, another one who caught my eye in Abu Dhabi was Yost Lauten. You know, L- Lauten was injured back end of last. He had a surgery on his wrist and. Uh, you know, we were looking to see how he came back from that, and as he came back pretty good, he, he was finishing consistently around about the top twenty there or thereabouts, and some decent fields at the back end of last year. Um, and then third in Abu Dhabi, his ball strike in Abu Dhabi was fantastic. I think he was first for accuracy, second for greens and regulation, or, or vice versa. Um, his game was spot on there, and then missed the cut last week in Dubai. Um, which you know you could argue okay as you know it, it bubbles burst or form's gone, but so if you dig into it, he was actually poorly. He had stomach, he had a stomach bug last week, so uh, bowed out after the second round. And um, 
Bowed. You know, if you're looking for a player, <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Cat. But if you're looking for a player, he's he's won on Passbloom. He won on Oman last year. Love it, like short tracks, like coastal tracks. You know, he's won twice at the uh, KLM, isn't he? On these uh, these Dutch kind of pseudo links or, yeah, or yeah, coastal yeah. in 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 in. Uh, Link styley tracks that are inland. There's lots to lots to like with Yoast. Um, another player on my shortlist is Pablo Larathabel. I know Barry was on him at the start of the year, and Pablo keeps popping up with decent rounds here and there. I think both of the last two events that he's played have been two rounds out of four, and both where he's been amongst the best scorers on the day. Um, in those uh, particular rounds, so you know, four rounds out of eight, he's been you know right at the top end of the scoring um, compared to the rest of the field in two decent uh, in, in two decent events against two decent fields as well. So, you know, Pablo's got to be another one to uh, to consider. Oh, the elves, but, he's coming back, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was making a few starts. He was making a few parts. Yeah, absolutely. At various points, you know, he's still got some frailties clearly, but. Um, Talking of parts, did you see the uh, Hao Tong Lee incident? At the I end did. Of, uh... I know that there was a big Ferrari about it, but I didn't see yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's... Because um, everyone's bet... Um, my bets and uh, everyone else's bets have been settled on the basis of uh, Lee having finished in a tie for uh, fifth, I think it was, in uh, Dubai. And then uh, not so long later, he'd obviously dropped down. He'd been awarded this double bogey for... Uh, for his caddy standing behind him and uh, you know effectively accused of lying, it helped him line up the putt. And uh, it, you know I've, I've watched it back over a number of times, as as have uh, you know everyone who's commented on it on on Twitter over the last uh, last day or so. And it it looks like a pretty harsh de- decision, I must say, pretty harsh indeed. Mm. But um, you'd be pretty upset if you'd have backed Lee and uh, you'd seen him make that birdie on the last. Yeah. And uh, you know he's got you into a paying position for an each way payout, and it's kind of covered your week, and then a few minutes later, that's been uh, ripped cruelly away from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not a, good at all. By the, uh, by the judges, but yes. But no, that's where I am. Keep, keep it tight, yeah. Yeah, will be. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll probably go three, maybe four players. Um, the decision at the top end is Matt or not to back Matt Wallace. I suspect I will, and then. Uh, Two or three um, each way shots to uh, to have a bit of interest, I think. But yeah, don't go mad with it because there's so many unknowns and uh, so many good players at the top of the market who could walk away with it at a, a silly short price, which uh, kind of ruins everyone's fun, really. Well, there we go. Just had a message from Barry. He's living He's in, arrived in Dubai tonight. He's going out for drinks. <laughs> Saying that, it's already 10 o'clock out there, so I think he's already been out for drinks, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, good on him. So uh, good on him. Yeah, I will. Uh, we'll, we'll get him back involved when he's settled down. And uh... absolutely, we will do. Well, thank you for your time, Paul. I hope. Uh, yeah. I hope you have a, another continue another continual good run. I hope I have a a better yeah, better better run at it this week. A uh, Sunday will go your way before too long, Steve. Don't you worry. I've actually had the winner here before with Matsuama, mm. so I'm hopeful. Right. Thank you for your time. Thank you uh, for um, your input this week, Paul. Yeah, pleasure as always. And uh, we will be back again next week. Where are you next week? Next week is the Vic Open. So we've got two weeks down under. Vic Open, then the uh, World Super 6. Oh, my Lord. 
and luck. yes, I've had a look at the field for next week, and um, it's not pretty. But uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll dig some uh, dig some yeah. value out somewhere. And I've got the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So Jason, Dave, Branch, Nedica, Phil Mickelson, eat your heart out event. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. Thank you for your time, and we'll be back. Be back again soon. Cheers. Bye bye.